Want to be more confident when having business conversations? Join the Small Talk Made Simple class. In this free email course, you'll learn how to exude confidence when talking to anyone and when explaining what you do. Sign up now at thecmethod.com. Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hello there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 93 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here. Now, last week, I talked about how to get into a strong emotional state in order to perform at your very best in 2017. And this week, I'm continuing with this theme of self-improvement. Why is this? Because I want to set you up right, mentally and emotionally, so that you will be better prepared to take on the challenges that I'll be setting you in upcoming episodes. More on that later. So today I'm resharing a conversation that I had with life and business coach and my friend Christopher Browning. And I had this conversation with him very early on in the podcast. It was actually episode seven. That was the first time I released it, episode seven. And it's called Overcome Perfectionism and Find Your Strengths. Now, because it was such an early episode, you probably haven't heard it unless you've been listening from the very start and you haven't missed an episode, in which case you are amazing. Let me know if you have listened to every single episode and I will write you a ukulele song. I promise. I have done it before. Um, And this episode has been one of my personal favorites. You'll discover what Christopher defines as perfectionism, what to do if you constantly don't feel like you're good enough, even in your area of expertise, and how to accept that you are enough just as you are. This conversation blew my mind, so I'm positive it will do the same for you. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash strengths. Before we get to that, I do have a quick shout out, and it's for Sudi, who purchased my book and audio training, The Confidence Blueprint. And he wrote to me and said, so I just went through the whole book while on holiday. The chapters I needed were how to ask great questions, 100% certainty, and people are human. There are more, but these chapters were my favorite. This book reads like a tools of titans for confidence building, conversational tools, and everything you're the expert on, onward and upward. Thank you so much, Sudi. I really appreciate your feedback and glad to hear that you enjoyed the book as well. Now, the book is no longer available, unfortunately, at the discount I talked about on previous episodes. But if you subscribe to the Small Talk Made Simple class, that's my free email series, you may get a special offer there just for subscribing. So if you haven't yet signed up for Small Talk Made Simple, go do that now at freeconfidencecourse.com. That's freeconfidencecourse.com. Oh, and I also have a really exciting piece of news to share with you. I have entered the 2017 Castaway Australian Podcast Awards. Oh, yeah. I've entered this podcast in the popular vote category as well as the regular category where there's judges and stuff. So if you enjoy the show and you want to help out in some way, the best thing that you can do right now is to vote for this podcast. You don't have to be Australian to vote. So wherever you are, please do vote. I've had a look at the current entries actually, and the podcast with the highest vote that I could find is only at like 260 votes. 
And most of the other podcasts are around eight votes or something dismal. So I reckon we can totally do this and get stand out, get noticed to the top of the people's choice category. So go to thecmethod.com slash vote. I've created a really easy link for you there. That link will take you directly to a page where you click on a thumbs up and that's it. And that's how you vote. So super easy. Go to thecmethod.com slash vote. I would really appreciate your support with this. So thanks in advance. Alrighty, and that's it for news and announcements. Let's move on and meet the lovely Christopher Browning. So Christopher is a life and business coach. He helps men build confidence in themselves and reach their full potential, whether it be in business, in their careers, or in life. He also has a pretty sweet mustache. I really wanted to talk to Christopher about perfectionism and how a frantic overachiever, like myself, can learn to overcome it. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and I guarantee that you'll learn something about yourself that you didn't know before. Oh, and please note that I actually recorded this back in March 2015. So that's almost two years ago. So this is actually really, it was an interesting exercise for me to listen back to where I was two years ago with my interview skills. And you'll probably be able to hear the difference as well in how I used to be and also how I've improved if you've been a more recent listener. Alrighty, let's get to it. Enjoy. You're highly experienced in in small business internet marketing, and I know you also specialize in career and excellence coaching for men. I just want to know, how did you get into coaching for men and, and why men specifically? Oh, that's a great question. Do you want the, the, the sad answer or like the happy answer? Which one do you want? Oh, we're going to have to hear both now, <laughs> now that you've mentioned that. Can you do okay. can you do two quick brief answers? Yeah, yeah, I'll try to do I'll try to do both really quickly. Okay. So the happy answer was I saw I saw a lot of people struggling with the same thing. And as I started working on some of the answers, uh, people just kept on coming to me. And so what I saw is there's really this kind of our an issue in our society where men are unable to feel just enough as a man for who he is. And that's the, kind of the happy side. Well, the sad side is actually I was suicidal and I was at a deep point where I just said, I got to get something figured out. I'm struggling. Um, I would talk about the problem that I, I was having and where I wasn't feeling confidence inside of my own work. And then sometimes I just couldn't get the work done that I knew I needed to get done. And when I asked questions, I kind of got two responses. One was, that's your own deal. You need to go work that out. And the other one was, and it was almost like they were really quiet and they would come to me and they'd say like, I don't know. But then they kind of look around over the shoulder and they would say, but when you find out, will you come tell me? I ended up finding a group of guys that kind of taught me what it was. Um, how do you find balance? How do you get back to the center? And then, and then to stay there. And at what point did you realize that you could help other guys um, who had gone through the same thing as you? I think I've, I found out because I just saw that there were so many like me. Um, mm. that the same problems that I was plagued with and um, I could just kind of see it. Mm. And There's just, definitely people out there yeah, who need that help. That's exactly it. I want to dive deeper into this idea of perfectionism because I've recognized it a lot in myself and it's something that I've been working hard to overcome. And 
I know that a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, people who are working for themselves, doing their own thing, they go through that. So that's why I want to, that's what I want to talk to you today well, about. Fantastic. Cause I think I've got some great answers. I don't know if I know if I got the best answers, but I think I've got some good ones. You will have great answers. Can, can we just start with what would be say a common example of perfectionism that you would see in, in business people? Yeah. You know, I could, well, let's just, um, I'll use some of the example of, um, some of my own clients. And so we're, yeah. this is kind of like the, the avatar version. So this is what I, I naturally see. So okay. the, the the first thing that I really naturally see is delaying on execution of a project. Of a project, so people aren't able to execute. Um, they get to about like ninety percent and then they stop. Um, the other one is really idea bouncing. So they will jump from one idea to the next one. They they're infatuated with an idea for like a week. So whether it's like also it's drop shipping for like one week, or then it's like. Teespring the next week, or then the next week it's coaching or something. So they're not able to land on one thing. These are really the like you see like the symptoms of what's really going on on the on the inside. Um, so it doesn't look like perfectionism initially because we kind of think of perfectionism as well. Let me ask you this question instead of me defining it. What would be your definition okay. of perfectionism? My definition of perfectionism. This is how I see see it within myself. If I'm creating something like a blog post or a podcast episode or a video, I have this tendency to want to make sure that it is perfect in every way from, you know, with the blog post, like with the writing, like no spelling errors. Yeah. I have to make sure that, you know, nothing's out of place, like the pictures are perfectly aligned. Say with the with a video, I'll, I'll want it to be perfectly edited. You know, that's just the natural tendency. And it will actually prevent me from releasing it because right. I'm because it's not perfect. Yeah, so what what do you hope that will happen when it becomes perfect? Okay, I'll give you a specific example. I recently uh -huh. did a video for my friend Jared Easley. I invited him to be a guest on my show and I wanted to play a song on the ukulele for him. Okay. Now, the ukulele that I was using wasn't tuned very well and I couldn't get it to tune up right. So no matter what I did to it, it sounded out of tune when I played it. And I thought, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do this video. I can't do the song because the ukulele sounds out of tune and people are going to say, oh, oh, she sounds terrible. You know, right. the ukulele sounds terrible. I was, right. I was so afraid what other people would say. Yeah. And um, I remember my sister was around and I was, I was showing, I said to her, look, I want to play this song. And I played it for her. She said, that's really hilarious. I said, yeah, but it sounds like you, the uke sounds terrible. I can't do it. She goes, we'll just buy a new uke. And I'm like, yeah, but that's going to take me a while. Cause I've got to go, you know, got to yeah. go find one, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is holding me back from even doing this thing. Right. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. Yes. So I made the video. Even though the ukulele doesn't sound great, I, I thought, you know, I'm not trying to be a professional um, musician here. Right. You know, I'm not doing this for money. It's just a fun thing. I put it out there. And you know what? Jared wrote to me. Actually, no, when I interviewed him, he, he said to me, he said, Christina, that video made my day. Yeah. He said, you have no idea how much that means to me. It means more than you would ever think. And you know how many negative comments I've had about my ukulele uh, playing? I'm going to guess. None. Absolutely right. Yeah. I've had nothing but positive feedback. 
So Ian, what you've really hit on is that um, our perfectionism is worry over what is, is how somebody else is going to perceive us. Um, are we enough? Am I enough of who I am right now to be able to get people to like me or to have people like me? You know, some people might say like, well, you know, that's not true. You know, it's like I'm a, I, I do it for myself. You know, at that point, I really questioned somebody like, oh, really? You just do it for yourself? Then it wouldn't matter. You would just do it. Well, no, it's got to be perfect. Well, who else is going to see it? You? Are you going to be happier if it's perfect and you, you know, you've done a job well done? Now, there are those things where we want to do it and we want to do it that's really well, but we're actually really motivated about doing it. We keep on perfecting our craft at that point because we are doing it for ourselves. So perfectionism usually has to come when we're perfecting our craft, but we are doing it for, for somebody else. And we're afraid that if we don't do it perfectly, then we're not going to be accepted. So now here's the weird part that it comes in is, so where do we most likely perform perfectionism? And it's in areas of life that we feel deficient. So areas of life that we don't feel naturally strong in. And so we are trying to overperform. So, you know, these words of perfection and um, I guess perform is in there also, but it's, it's, we are, we're putting a lot of energy into areas that we feel like we need to kind of shore up or somehow um, it's not good enough for the rest of the world. And now, so here's the kind of the twist on it is that usually when we do that, we're denying another thing in our life that we are actually excellent in. So we spend all this energy trying. Can you explain that a bit? Yeah. Uh, did you talk about how we're denying something? Yeah. Okay. So we spend all this energy to overcome something that we're not good at to the detriment of something that we are fantastic at. So I'll just give you an example. Like let's say somebody is a long distance runner. They're really good at long distance running. Well, they're not going to be good for sprints. But if they feel like they got to win a race at sprinting, they're never going to be able to do it. And so they're going to practice and practice and practice at sprinting. And they're probably going to get frustrated because everybody else is going to excel past them. And while they're doing all this, this, this training to do sprinting, they're actually, it's to the detriment of the long distance running because it requires a different skill set. So now when you go to long distance run, you're no longer able to do as well as you're able to do it before. And now you're doubly bummed. You can't do the thing well that you tried to go do. And the thing that you used to do really well at, it's actually worse. So now there's a deeper feeling of like, I have to get everything right. I have to be extra perfect because nothing else seems to be going right. So often when we're dealing with perfectionism, it's this tendency to want somebody else's approval um, over an area of life that we probably don't need that much approval in. Because we got so many other awesome things going on that we're just like, you know, great. I, I'm not known as an expert in ukulele playing. That's okay. That's not, that's not what I'm here on earth to do. I'm on he here on earth to do something else. But there's no reason why you can continue to work to improve on that. So, for example, I'm... I'm, I actually do want to get much better at ukulele playing. Yeah. And I am going to practice that. But I've, I've, I'm okay with the fact that I'm not amazing at it. And I'm, and I don't, I've over, like, I, I'm okay with the 
uh, risk that people may, you know, comment and say that I'm not very good. Right. I don't care because that isn't my specialty and I'm not claiming that to be my specialty. Right. And that's that's kind of where the magic comes in is that when you know what your specialty is, you can do a lot of other things. This is not a, the best term, but like half-ass. When I say half-ass, it's not like I wish to do it half-ass and only do a half-ass job. It's that it's not going to come out as well as somebody who is an expert in this. So it may sound half-ass when you compare it to an expert, but I'm not worried about it for my own self-worth. This is something fun that I'm doing extra. But what if something is your specialty, right? Yeah. Wouldn't people then feel also feel pressure to make that area perfect as well okay. because that is their specialty? Okay, great. Let's use an example because I think on this it's best if we use an example. So give me an example. Let's use you. Okay. What's something that you feel is your thing that you feel like you got to be better at? I feel like podcast interviews. Okay. I feel like I feel like because I teach people how to do great interviews, I feel like I have to do spectacular interviews. Right. And I definitely put that pressure on myself to do a perfect interview. Okay. So you feel like totally understandable on that one because I have the exact same one. Like, because you want people to engage. You don't want, you've heard of all those podcasts. They're just like, oh, they're boring and they're terrible. Or like, you know, like you're not even leading the, uh, the conversation very well. Like I lost you like 10 minutes ago and I don't even know why I'm listening for another longer. Right. We, we all have those things where we've seen, the terrible side and we go like I don't want to repeat that so now let me ask you this question do you get comments on your podcast I do and for the most part what are they they are overwhelmingly positive right okay so they're great so now what you've done is you've put yourself at a higher level than like you're probably putting it like at the super primo primo level like I must be super primo primo level um, and then you brought up something interesting, which is like, I'm leading somebody. So I must be able to prove to everybody that I'm a super expert. So I've got a question for you, which is how far ahead somebody do you have to be to lead them? One step. One step. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that one already? or? Just... No, but I figured because I've, I've learned a lot about how people view others as experts. Yeah. And I do public speaking, coaching and presentations on this as well. And I would feel that same level of insecurity like, oh, I have to give an amazing presentation, you know, to say if I'm speaking to a university, university students, I'm like, I have to give an amazing presentation because I'm teaching them how to present. But then I have to think about what level they're at. Right. You know, and all I need to be is one level above them. Right. And that'll position me as an expert relative to them. That's right. Because that's actually all they can handle. That's the other big mistake. We feel like we've got to totally wow people and, and flood them with all this information. But what they just really need is the next step. That's it. So if you start looking at being a leader that way, like just how can I lead somebody on the one next step? Having confidence in what you're doing becomes a lot easier. You're just like, well, I can help with the one step. And then somebody must be asking like, well, what about the next step after that? Well, great. Two answers to that one. One, when you actually come to that point, great. You've come to that point, but you're not there yet, so there's no sense worrying about it. Another thing is that you'll probably have taken another step by then yourself. Because you're you're always learning and building on your own skills anyway. That's right. I mean, like I'll give you a dirty secret about coaching for me. 
really dirty secret. So Ooh, I like dirty secrets. Dirty, okay. okay. So especially when they're made public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> all right. Is that I actually sometimes feel I'm a step behind a lot of my clients for where they're at. They are an expert in something that I'm not in. So whether it's some certain you know, part of their business, whether it's import, export, um, a certain type of consulting. Um, you know, I've got dentists and doctors that I work with. I've got, I guess I do have a master's degree, but really I don't even feel like my master's degree is worth anything for what I'm doing. So what makes me qualified to be there? Well, I'm definitely not one step ahead of them in all areas of their business. I just happen to be one step ahead of them in perspective. I'm just an outside perspective for them that they don't get from somewhere else. And so like I had the exact same call or conversation with uh, one of my uh, best performing clients last Thursday. I said, what do I do for your business? And he goes, Christopher, the thing that you do for me is you help me see what I can't see inside of my business. And all I'm really doing is asking questions because I don't understand what he's doing. And then when I hear something that is incongruent, I just ask him, what do you mean by that? What's going on? And just by asking that simple question, because it isn't clear in what he's saying, he realizes it's not clear to him and to his complete community. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I've noticed this with you. You're very good at listening and you ask very good questions that really make people think. Yeah, okay, so that's in a sense, that's my specialty. That's my gift. And so I'm able to walk into areas that I am completely not an expert in, but I can be an expert in leading the conversation in just one step. And so yeah. I don't have to feel like I have to be the expert in everything because that's not where my specialty comes in. So it goes back to like, again, what's that one thing you're special at? And then just own that Yeah. and, and take it. Hey, I've got another question for you about going back to this perfectionism thing. Yeah. What about people who are afraid that they won't come across as professional if they don't make it look, you know, highly something, make something look, you know, highly polished and professional? Right. Are you particularly talking about someone who's just starting off? I'm actually thinking about because I was I was consulting with with another podcaster and he has a really slick looking website. His videos are all, you know, his coaching videos are all really well done and, and all his branding's like super consistent and everything's really like professionally done. And I was talking to him and he said, yeah, I'd, I'd really be interested in making a video to reach out to, you know, this particular high profile person. Yeah. He said, but he actually admitted, he said, but I'm a perfectionist and I, I just don't know if I'd be able to do it because, because I like to have everything perfect. And I feel like because from his point of view, he puts out such a highly professional, polished image. I think he would want, you know, everything that he does to then be consistent with his brand, which is highly polished, highly professional. Right. So what what do you do to combat perfectionism in that case? Because yeah. it's I think it in those cases it's the unknown thing that you think you should have known about. So uh, I'm worried that there's going to be something that slip by me that I don't know about. Can you explain a little bit more? So if I'm let's say I'm already really highly polished, yeah, and people know me as being highly polished, so I've already kind of known that I've done things fairly well, and I'm worried about you know the next one I do. Um, 
I'm I'm worried that there's going to be something that is going to come up as it looks like I didn't see it beforehand. So oh, okay. I should have known that that was going to be an issue. So I'm going to worry. I'm worrying all before I'm taking action of making sure that I completely see everything that's there. Now, we do have to take our due diligence. And as we sit down and we think about what does it take to complete this project, you do it. You build your checklist. You do the different things. You break things down into smaller, smaller bits to the point you realize I can execute that. Now, the fallacy is to think that we can outthink everything or we're able to completely see all the, all the points that we should see without going through experience. So here's where you have to kind of take it, be able to say, I must do and then learn. So perfectionism will get to the point of thinking I should be able to know before I ever execute everything that I should do. Which is impossible. Which is absolutely impossible. And it makes sense you know, when you kind of break it down this way. You're kind of like, oh, well, that makes sense. I can't know what I don't know. I can, I can research and I can do everything. I can ask my friends. So here's generally what I think you should do. Let's say you're along that lines and you're about ready to launch something new. You find somebody else that does something really well. You, you know, you, you built a relationship. And you say really quickly, hey, would you take a quick look at this and make sure I'm not missing something? Yep. That's it. Just get the feedback. You get quick feedback. And then they're like, yeah, you know, you just, oh, no, it looks great. Okay, great. Then you just do it. And something will pop up that you didn't know that you did. And you have to look at that moment not as a failure, but as you didn't know what was going to be there, and now you're learning. So that's actually a success. It's not a point of saying, like, oh, I didn't foresee it. It's, of course I didn't see it. I did think about it, and now I see it. This is the only time that something is a failure is when you don't learn a lesson. Christopher and I got to talking about what happens when we actually do achieve great things. I asked him why he thinks that we are so quick to discount our achievements and make them out to be not so great. It's that we have an idealism that we want to obtain. And... Uh, I always draw this analogy, like let's say you're on the east coast of the United States and your goal is to hike Pikes Peak. And you are – Where is that? Pikes Peak, oh, sorry, it's uh, in the Rocky Mountains in the United States, which is about three-quarters across the United States, or two-thirds to three-quarters across the United States. So it's, See, it's a long, 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 far away. Spot. Like everything else in America, yeah, I might add. <laughs> it's so far away, right? And you're not driving. Let's say you got to walk there. Okay. And to walk there, you got to cross rivers, you got to fight off bears, you got to find food, you got to like sleep through the snowy winters, you got to do a bunch of stuff. And you're skin a deer. Yeah, and you're just, you know, you're hacking and just like wrap yourself in its skin. <laughs> that's right. Make your own clothes. Eat the you, <laughs> and you're super hairy because they haven't seen a razor by, you know, the time you get to the mountain. Okay. So now let's imagine that you are about halfway there. You're halfway of where you really want to go. And somebody comes up to you and says, hey, where are you going? And you're like, well, I'm climbing Pikes Peak. And they said, well, oh, well, where'd you start? And you said, well, I started on a foot from like New York. Somebody's going to go, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. 
you know, tell me the stories. What did you have to do overcome? Like, well, I had to fight a bear. You know, I, you know, I had to wear these clothes. Like, I feel totally crappy because I had some really nice clothes I started off on and they got ripped like in a barbed wire fence. So I had to kill this, this deer and wear its clothes. And I feel like crap because I'm wearing these deer clothes now instead of something pretty that I was going <laughs> to climb the mountain with, right? And this person's going like unbelievable of what you've accomplished. Like they're looking at like you've endured this far and all you want to do is hike a mountain. Unbelievable. And all you're thinking is like, I'm not, I can't even see the mountain yet. It's because you. So you think, you think it's not that big a deal. You're thinking like, how could you even be saying I'm good at this? Oh yeah. I haven't even reached my goal. I'm not even, I haven't even done anything. Of yeah. I haven't done anything. Yet. I'm not even at the base of the mountain. Like if I finally got to the base of the mountain, then maybe you could praise me. Cause then it feels like. Then I can feel like, oh, now I'm starting, right? But really, where did the journey begin? It began at New York. So we discount the journey that we've taken along the way. Okay. And so that's another reason why we get in a sense of perfectionism is that we discount all the accomplishment that we've already done because we have this idealism of what we want to become. In reality, what people need us to be is not the idealism that we think we need to be, but that person we are right now. If they're coming to you saying like, well, that's amazing, it is amazing to them. And you just gotta go, oh, okay. That's my own stuff I'm putting on at that moment. That's my own perfectionism or my own idealism of who I think I need to be. Now, here's the fun part. It's like, let's say you're on this journey and you're walking and you're going. And if you learn to accept where you're at in the moment and the perfection of what you've done, then what you're able to do is sometimes people are like, actually, I never really wanted to climb that mountain. I've, I've gone along the way and I thought I wanted to be an expert at climbing the mountain. But the more I walk towards it, I realize it's not really what makes me happy. Or I'm actually having a great time skinning deers. <laughs> I didn't realize it. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe you realize that you don't, you don't like the amount of deers that are being skinned and you want to be a deer conservation <laughs> the exact same thing right <laughs> so but that's the part of like if yeah if we allow ourselves to be good with what we're at at the moment it allows us to look at more options and okay. and, not, and not feel like a failure right, never for reached, giving up on that mountain that's right that's exactly right christopher you do have an amazing talent for for being able to help people and be able to really bring your insights and share them to others. Well, thank so you. I really appreciate you and I really thank I thank you so much for for joining me. This has been You're an absolute pleasure. Been my pleasure too. <laughs> thank you. Big thanks to Christopher Browning for being an amazing guest on the podcast. Please go to the show notes if you want to see that video I made for Jared Easley, the one where I was worried about my ukulele being out of tune. I'll also put Christopher's contact details there if you want to connect with him. So go to thecmethod.com slash strengths. That's thecmethod.com slash strengths. 
And that wraps up this week's episode of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Oh, and as soon as you stop listening to this podcast, do go to thecmethod.com slash vote. That's thecmethod.com slash vote. That will take you directly to my entry in the Castaway Australian Podcasting Awards. I would love it if you could click the thumbs up and help to bring more exposure and hopefully win the People's Choice Awards for this podcast. I think we can totally do this. So please, I'd really appreciate your support. Go to thecmethod.com slash vote. And that's all from me this week. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>